Story family, this is Allison Gilliard with Run Your Story, where every story needs to be heard. And this one was such an honor for me because I got to sit down with one of the teaching pastors of Mars Hill, and that is Mr. Jack Hester. And my family's a big fan of his because he is so full of knowledge and wisdom and just in conversations that we've gotten to have about running and faith. This he was just the go-to guy. I knew this is what I needed to do. And so I learned a lot from him. I learned what not to do, <laughs> which is great. But one of the things that Jack and I have talked about before, and that is that some runs are hard. And we know that as runners we know, and walkers, we know that some days we don't want to get out there in the pavement. Just like some days we're like, you know what, we don't want to do life. But we press on, we persevere. And so... This was so good, and we thought that this was just the right time for this story to be shared. And I really appreciate Jack sharing the vulnerability of his run story, and again, some tips on what not to do he shares, <laughs> but also some great things that happened along the journey, just when he wanted to give up. And so guys, what an extraordinary story. So we are always grateful to Mars Hill and for what you guys do and believing in runner's story. Huge shout out to Do Goods Mercantile for this month because they are our podcast supporter and we are truly grateful for them. Guys, graduation is happening. There are some amazing gifts that you can find at Do Goods. You can put together a dorm bag for your, your graduates, get them all prepped for college or high school, whatever it is, Do Goods has got it. If you just want to surprise somebody, I don't know, maybe her name's Allison Gilliard and you want to surprise her, Do Goods Mercantile is where it's at. That's how you get it done. And they are a shop located downtown, right off of St. Michael Street. That's 202 St. Michael Street, actually. You can also find them online. Yay! Guys, Do Goods Mercantile, they are a company that is literally doing good in some unique way. They are very specific about what companies they carry that maybe employ people that are at risk or with disabilities or companies that donate a portion of their profits to ministry and nonprofits. Do Goods is committed to connecting customers and companies together to work together and who are uniquely generous and community-minded, and that is the running community. Guys, literally, every time you go in, your dollar makes a difference. That's incredible, and so huge shout-out to Do Goods and the staff and just the owners. They're incredible people. I absolutely love them, and I just thank you for believing in, in Run Good and Run Your Story, so that's incredible just really really appreciate them and their hearts for the community and making mobile better making alabama better and making our world better truly an incredible shop so go 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 shop and so jack thank you so much for this thank you so much for sharing your heart and sharing mars hill with run your story well, such an honor to have my leading pastor at Mars Hill here today. I'm very excited because your run story is very unique. It is very unique. <laughs> but also, this is going to be a little bit different than our normal podcast because you and I have had a conversation about how running and the spiritual journey are they're parallel. Like they right. just go hand in hand. And so I really appreciate Mars Hill for you guys believing in the running community and in Run Your Story and you guys allow Run Your Story to interview here. So I'm very excited because I know you're not going to like that I say this, but you are just words of wisdom 
And so I appreciate all that you do for leader, leading this church. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm very I excited. This kind of work. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited. Too. I have never thought that I would be invited to a running podcast <laughs> in my life. That's pretty cool. So I'm very excited because, you, again, you have a very unique story. So what is your run story, Jack? If you know me, you just have to know I have a unique personality. <laughs> and I know myself. I know my limitations. But I also set audacious goals a lot of times. I was never really much of a runner throughout life. Like I grew up in that age where running was what you did for punishment. Mm-hmm. When the coach, when you did something wrong, you run. Mm-hmm. So I never thought of running in a positive light for a long time. And then I think I got into my uh, maybe late twenties, maybe even early to mid thirties when uh, I started having more of a fond, I guess, relationship with running and okay. just started running really small, like maybe a mile, two miles, just because you get at that stage of life and you grow up playing sports, but you really just can't play sports mm. anymore. You don't have time, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have the people and running is such a great sport because you can do it by yourself, mm. you know, mm-hmm. so you don't need a gym to go to or a team to play with. Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of started going back to it and, and just running through the neighborhood and around close by my home, nothing mm. more than that really. But then as I got to my late thirties, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I just had this thought of, you know what? I want to run a race, but I knew myself well enough to know. I mean, most people would start with a 5k right. Right? Yeah, and then you'd build up to a 10k and I knew myself and I said, you know what? I'm probably only going to run one race. So I'm going to run a marathon. <laughs> So, I mean, literally, I've never in my life run a fun run. I've never run a 5K, never done a 10K. So I said, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. And I said, if I sign up for it, I'll do it. I know myself well enough to know. I'll I'll do the training and all that kind of thing. Doesn't mean I'll do it well, but I would do it. And that was really my problem was I trained. Like, I, I ran. I did every week according to a little thing, but I didn't do it with intentionality or expertise. And so it was more of going through motions than it was knowing what I was mm. doing. That was my very first race, was a marathon. It was right here in Mobile, the first light mm. marathon. And that was my introduction to running. And I'll just go ahead and <laughs> say, before we go any further than that, I've only want, run one other race in my life, and it was a half marathon. <laughs> so I guess I'm moving backwards <laughs> with this whole thing. And maybe when I'm in my 80s, I'll finally run a 5K. <laughs> Um, but my wife wanted to run one. And so she and then Josh Taylor, who was a guy who worked with us here at Marcel for a long time, he wanted to run it. So we went to New Orleans and did the rock and roll mm. half marathon. Mm-hmm. And so those are the only two races I've ever run in my life. Wow. So with the marathon, how was that day of? It was bittersweet. It's probably, you know, we made this mention that it's, there's a lot of spiritual analogies in running and man, I can make them from the get go with this, you know, how in spiritual life and growth, you have your ups and downs. You have the days where you're so excited about it. And you have the days when you are not excited, you're Mm. just anything but, and you're just tempted to throw in the towel because everything's, I felt all those emotions in that one race. Starting off, obviously I trained for I can't remember what the, what is the average that they tell you to train, like six months or three months or yeah, something somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of like peak out a few weeks before and then you Taper come back down, down yeah, and yeah. then you get ready for your race. So I did all those things kind of the way they engineered it to. I mean, my wife 
when I was doing the long runs, I remember her just driving. I was like, I don't know how far 20 miles is. And so she just went in the car and drove almost to Mississippi and dropped me off. Get out of here. I ran back home. It was like a stray dog that trying to find his way back home. Wow. Yes, I mean, that's the way I did most of my long runs. So, I mean, I did all those things. The things I didn't do in hindsight was I was not thinking about stride. I wasn't thinking about how fast am I doing this? Mm-hmm. What do I feel like? I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. Like just mark off the list. I did what was supposed to be done. So when it comes to race day, I was very energetic. I was hyped up. I was ready. I was the only person running. I didn't have a friend running with me. I didn't have any, I mean, I, I saw people out there that I knew, sure. but nobody that I was intentionally there with. And so when the gun sounded, I was kind of way back in the pack a little bit. And you know how they kind of release everybody Mm -hmm. in stages. And I can't remember. I was somewhere in the middle. And I remember just taking off and I felt good. And I was just running and enjoying it. And it was kind of like that moment where I knew I had more in my tank than what I was Mm. putting out right there. I was like, I could do better than this. And then I remember this girl running past me and she had blonde hair and a ponytail that just kind of bobbed back yeah. and forth. And she just kind of took off and she was just like moving. And I was like, I'm not gonna let a girl beat me. <laughs> so I just stared at that ponytail until I passed it. And I was like, and I moved on. And then all of a sudden that became my mentality okay. of, I would just find somebody in front of me mm-hmm. and go, that dude's not gonna beat me. And then I would just keep my eyes on him until wow. I passed him. <laughs> And I just kept doing that for the for the large majority of the first part of the race. And I had this moment where this guy that I knew, and I didn't know him like really closely, it's like both coach dads, our kids' teams, both dad coaches type thing. But we knew each other to recognize each other. Yeah. And I knew that he was a big runner. And so when I saw him, I was coming up on him. And I was thinking to myself, man, I'm doing really good. Because I know that guy runs like all the time and has run his whole life. I think it ran in college. And I'm about to pass that dude. And so anyway, I was running and just kind of moving and got a little closer to him, a little closer to him. And then he recognized me. And he was like, hey, Jack, because I didn't know you ran. <laughs> And I was like, well, I, this is the first race I've ever run. And he was like, oh my, you picked a marathon to run? And I was like, yeah. He was, wow, that's amazing. He goes, what's your goal for today? I was like, well, I really would like to finish it in four and a half hours, but it would be awesome if I could do it in four. And he looked at me with this real puzzled face and he said, you know, you're on a three hour pace right now, don't you? And I was like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I mean, that's what I thought in my head. Of course, I think a little bit further on, I started thinking through the things I read. And I was like, wait a minute. I remember something about if you do too much at the beginning, you're not going to have anything at the end. And then I started worrying about that. And I was like, oh, maybe I better slow down. And at that point, I'd already taxed my legs, not really realizing it. And Mm -hmm. then I actually stepped off uh, right before you go down the hill towards South Alabama. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the halfway mark, that mm-hmm. marathon. And I was running in the gutter right past some people who were stopping and getting some water and stuff like that. So I just kind of stepped off the gutter. And I remember when I stepped back onto the asphalt, just put that step up, just so, you know, it's probably what, an inch, yeah, yeah. half an inch. I felt something pull all the way up my leg and it was my IT band. Oh. And so I pulled it probably just because it was stressed and strained. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. that one little movement did it. And I mean, it was a like, powerful pain that just mm. ran up my leg 
And I remember going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I said, well, I definitely got to slow it down because I'm finishing this because this is the only marathon I'm going to run. So I'm not stopping. And I ran all the way down that hill onto the campus of South Alabama. And I mean, like now I'm kind of favoring the other leg and just kind of dragging the other one with me. Wow. And I remember getting in the middle of South Alabama's campus and I had to stop because then my other leg started cramping because obviously I was using it too much. And so I'm like, got a hurt leg on this side and this one's cramping because it's having to work too hard. And that's when I just slowed down and I just had to stop. And I saw somebody that I knew and they were like, what's wrong? And I was like, ah, I just hurt my leg, I think. And they're like, oh man, I'm sorry about that. But my wife and my firstborn child is the only one I had at that time. They were like all the different places throughout. Mm -hmm. They would just, Mm -hmm. when I passed by, they would go to another place and kind of encourage me on. And I was looking for them because I was literally at that point, I hurt so bad. I was like, I'm quitting. There's no way. I I don't care anything about going forward. I don't care anything about doing it. And they were nowhere to be found at that point. And so I was like, well, I got to at least get to where they are. And so I got up and just started trying to move without causing cramps to happen in my leg. And I was literally just hobbling and like all those people that I put mm. my eyes on past, they're like, at this point, just like you're running past and like people are speed oh, walking no. or going past. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was very humbling. Mm. And you eventually get off of South Alabama's campus and I can't remember exactly how you go. You go, I think down university and then back up towards the golf course. And then you end up on Spring Hills mm-hmm. campus eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do it the same way, but then, it, then you did. And right before all of that, I ran into a guy who was, he was running along and he could tell I was struggling and he just stopped and he walked with me for a second. He goes, what's going on? And I was like, I'm just, and lo and behold, he knew who I was because I was a pastor. And it was funny because he had the same exact name as the pastor that was on our staff. And so I was like, what's your name? And when he told me his name, I was like, oh my gosh, I know somebody, but I know it's not you. (laughs) And anyway, it turns out he worked with some people that I knew. So we just started talking Mm -hmm. and he walked with me for about five miles. Wow. Yeah. And because so this whole time I didn't see my wife, didn't see my kid. And they're probably wondering what in the world happened to him because I was like booking it. And then all of a sudden I ain't showing up at all. (laughs) And then um, it was that conversation where we talked about life and we talked Mm -hmm. about running and we talked about, he told me some things are going on in his family that it really, I guess, distracted me from the pain mm-hmm. for a bit. And it also kind of reinvigorated my desire to finish. And the, right past that, when we came off the campus of Spring Hill, I saw my wife and little boy, and I told them, hey, go to the drugstore and get some whatever, Advil, I mean, whatever they'll sell you. And I remember she came back, and I think it was Advil, and I don't know how much you're supposed to take, but I took 2,000 milligrams, I'm pretty sure, something like that. And the pain went away. It went away in about about a mile. It literally got to the point where I could start jogging, and then I started running again. Wow. And I actually finished it running. There was, like, pictures of me when I was running, and I ran without any pain. Now, when those pills wore off, I couldn't walk for, like, two weeks. It was that bad. Like, I literally could not walk. I had to get crutches and walk around. Oh my heavens. Um, but that was my first, I ended up finishing in five hours, roughly. I think it was a little over five, like five hours mm. and 10 minutes. So uh, yeah, great pace to begin with. If I stopped halfway, I could have just said, you know what? I'm just all I'm doing. A mm-hmm. half marathon in three hours. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, obviously I drug out the rest of it. <laughs> so anyway, 
that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. What a journey for your first marathon. It was. <laughs> and my last marathon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited because I know for me, one of the things that running does is there's been plenty of moments where I just need to hit the pavement because that's my time with God because I get so easily distracted. And so it's one of the things that I like to say is that you can't go back and pick up those miles. You can't go back and pick up those tears that have been shed. Mm -hmm. And again, a conversation we've had has been like, there's so much parallel to running and to our spiritual journey. And there's so much in scripture that talks about running. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts is what I want to know. Like when I think back on it, there's so many things like number Mm -hmm. one, it's not the actually practicing for the running it's knowing what you're doing that's Mm. important and i think that a lot of times i thought about that in relation to our christian walk that so many of us we think of spiritual to-do lists like well as long as i'm nice to people and as long as i tithe and Mm. as long as i show up at church but we're not really asking the question of saying why am i doing this and Mm. what's the end result of this and what's Mm -hmm. the purpose what am i I trying to accomplish through this Mm. what's the long-term benefit of all these things and see i wasn't i just thought of it as a to-do list like Mm. to run this marathon i have to check off this list of doing these things every day and then i get to run the marathon and i think a lot of people think about heaven that way Mm. as long as i don't do these things and i do these things then i get to go to heaven one day but I mean, what is heaven really? I mean, and what's the point of doing these things? Why are we investing so much of our time and energy into it? And I think that those are the questions that we rarely ask ourselves is why are we doing what we're doing? And what's the end goal and benefit of that? Not just finishing, but it's accomplishing Mm -hmm. things along the way and accomplishing God-sized things that are beyond what you can just do and say, I accomplished this in my human form. Mm. I want to look back on my life and say, I did things that I can't explain (laughs) through my own power or intellect. It was Mm. obviously the Holy Spirit working through me. So that was one of the applications that I made from it. Another one was looking at the blonde girl or the old man or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. We get so distracted by other people that Mm. we compare ourselves to like, this person shouldn't be in front of me or I should. And we set these unrealistic goals. Like that girl, she probably ran all the time. She probably ran in college. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I don't know her story. All I know is I I said, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't smart. It wasn't Mm. wise. Instead, I had to know my own limitations, should have known my limitations and I should have set a goal for myself of hey every mile you should be at this marker and that's what I didn't Mm -hmm. wasn't paying attention to that at all and I think that burnout is a really big problem not only in running probably a lot of sports but also spirit Mm -hmm. I mean man burnout is something that so many pastors struggle with but Christians as a whole if you're really dedicated yourself to the kingdom of God and you're really thinking about those things and you're planning and pushing yourself to learn scripture and to understand the word and to live out the kingdom of as, as God has called you to it it gets frustrating sometimes mm. and we look around at other people well god why are you blessing them so much and here i am struggling through all these things and i'm doing way more than they are yeah and we begin to compare ourselves and play mm. that compare game when we do that we eventually start defeating ourselves mm. I mean, the other person's not even doing anything we're just beating ourselves up and ultimately burnout interestingly enough i, I did a lot of research on burnout when, in school and the, you wrote a book too I did, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I wrote, first wrote a dissertation and then turned it into a book 
But in the research of that, I found it fascinating that the word burnout was never used towards humans until the 1950s. It was only used about machines. Interesting. And it was okay. used, and it was just a term that referred to machines that they used 24 hours a day. And ultimately, they got to the point where their parts had to be replaced because mm-hmm. they burned out. In other words, they just they went so much that they were useless. And so when people started experiencing these kinds of things, it was a psychological or a psychologist. I think his name was Hans Seeley, and he was the one who first used it towards humans. And he was talking about the ones that go and go, wow. and then they eventually have to have parts replaced and not the physical parts but mental Mm. and emotional parts where they have to stop um, heal and that's one thing that I learned from it as well is not to be looking around you but keep your eyes focused where you're going and keep your eyes also or your not necessarily your eyes but your mind focused on what God's called you to do not what everybody else is doing and as a pastor when I started Mars Hill I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was, I've never been a pastor of a church. I've been a youth minister and I'd ungrown a few youth ministries up to that point. But that was about my experience <laughs> wow. in youth ministry. And, and when I started it, there's just all this feeling of competition that I, how, why would anybody come to my church over these other people's church? And, and why would they want to come and hear me? And then you play that whole, what we would call, it's when you feel like you're living a lie and you're going to get caught any minute and so if you accept it people think that their pastors are experts in greek and hebrew that they're experts in marriage that they're experts in parenting that they're experts in administration that they're experts in money management that they're experts in sharing the gospel and the reality is pastors struggle with all those things as much as anyone else does but what happens is you accept it because you think it's your job. It is my job to know these things and and to be able to answer these questions. But you don't, and at any moment, you're gonna be found out for the fraud that you are. And so you live with that, always wondering when someone's going to identify you and realize that you've been living a lie. And that causes just so much stress. And I remember the greatest feeling that I had was when the Holy Spirit just kind of prompted me and I say it wasn't obviously an audible voice but it was definitely God speaking Mm -hmm. to me in that moment and he said all I want you to do is to preach Mm -hmm. I don't want you to think about who you're preaching to or who's out there or what they're going through I just want you to preach I'll take care of the rest of it you just stay out of my way (laughs) and that became my theme it became my theme like when Mars Hill really started excelling and people started coming number one i said i'm not gonna let anybody put me on a pedestal so mm-hmm. i made sure that transparency was a big part of preaching like mm-hmm. I, up front hey i don't have a perfect marriage i don't have perfect kids i fail often and then the other thing was that theme was always in my head just stay out of god's way mm-hmm. just stay out of the way and so when people would ask me they were like how do y'all have so much success i was like we're just staying out of god's way wow. <laughs> so you know it wow. keeps you from trying to come up with a reason oh this is what we did or this is what we didn't do and you just go I just we'd probably be better off if I didn't get in the way sometimes but we <laughs> yeah. do well when we get out of God's way a lot of those started with that that marathon because I ran that marathon three years into Mars Hill wow so about Aww. the church was about three years old I think it was roughly three that three to four year mark Dude, that's incredible yeah 
Wow. One of the things that, that really gets to me that I equate with running is, and it, again, that's that spiritual parallel is community. And so that's something that Martil is like really big on is community. And so for me running, I think about community because I don't like running by myself. Mm-hmm. I enjoy conversations that I have with people. Yeah. And, and there was a time when running became a Several years ago, it became more than just running. I was like, I was obsessed with pace. I was obsessed with mileage. And I literally had to take a step back. And it was the convicting moment of, and it's something that Martel has taught me is everything is a perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, and and everything has a place. It's not that running is not good, because it is good. Mm -hmm. It's just, are you putting it before your relationship with Christ? Mm -hmm. And so taking that step back, every run now that I do has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to like, I'm always going to be running with someone else because like you, like I'm going to become obsessed and be like, I didn't do that. And it's, but I get to, I get to have this. And because of that, we've gotten to have running groups that have ran with fighting with hope and to be able to represent Emily and her story. And then last year is LA trail. We got to have a Martil group. And so it just makes it so much more fun. And as like you were talking about the marathon, someone else helped carry that burden. Maybe not physically, but they took your mind off things. And I think of running so much of that mm-hmm. as community. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would think that if had I had community in training, I probably would have known a whole lot better mm. because I trained in isolation. And in isolation, you're your only coach. And if you're not a very mm. good coach, you don't have very good coaching. Mm. And, you know, I remember also running through that race and going through moments where I was around people and people that I knew. And then there were moments where I was all alone. Mm. And I remember reflecting, thinking, this is just the following Christ. Mm. There's times when you got community that's solid around you. And there's times when you feel like you are all alone. And I remember when I was hurt and like cramping, I couldn't go at all. I remember thinking to myself, how can I look not hurt Mm. in this moment how can i you know keep a strong face and not admit to all these people that are coming by i messed up i Mm. failed i don't know what i'm doing and i'm paying the consequences Mm. for it and not to admit i would never ask any of them for help because to ask for help would be to admit that what are you doing oh i just had some cramps get some water whatever it may be we tend to go to those excuses and i love the fact that in that moment when i was unwilling to help any ask for anybody else for help that one guy stopped and he's, he knows, like yeah. he saw it and he knew what was happening. And so this guy probably gave up an hour or probably close to an hour on his time just to stop and walk with this guy that was struggling. And I just thought that's a cool picture of the Christian race that we run. Mm-hmm. It's not about finishing in a certain amount of time. It's about finishing well. Yeah. And finishing well is like the integrity of the race mm-hmm. and the integrity of the community of the race that we're not a bunch of individuals just out there, that we are a group of people mm-hmm. and we should be paying attention to each other and yeah. seeing what we can do. Because I think a lot about the Good Samaritan. It's almost like those the Levites and the priests, they were running their race. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, I would stop and help this guy, but I've got to get to the temple. There's people waiting on me, mm. or I've got to get there because there's sacrifices to be done, or the choir's got to rehearse, and I got the key that opens the door, whatever it is. Yeah. They all have their reasons, their good reasons for not stopping to help somebody. But the Samaritan was like, community is more important than just mm. getting somewhere. And so he gave of his, of his finances, he gave of his time, and he even checked back on the guy again on, on his journey back, got him to a safe place. 
And I kind of feel like that's what that guy did for me that mm. day was he gave up something so that I could gain something. And if it weren't for that guy, I promise you, I would not have finished that race. Wow. I would have just, I would have quit as soon as I saw my wife and kids, as soon as I could have found them, or if they started backtracking, I would have been like, yes, just pick me up and take me. And it was the conversation with him that kind of made me go, you know what, I am going to finish this. Mm. I pushed through it. So I did, what is it, less than 2% or 1% (laughs) of the uh, U.S. population is done. So I can at least say I did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. So one of the things I like to ask people is if somebody wanted to get started into running or walking. So if they came to you and they were like, Jack, I want to know how to get started. What is a piece of advice you would give to them? Oh, good advice or just advice? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know how much good advice I have. I could tell them ways not to do it. But I, I mean, I think it goes back to the community. Mm-hmm. You need to find a group of people or mm-hmm. somebody who has that same interest and get together. Even though I say that I'm not a runner, I still even to this day run. I have bad knees because I played basketball my whole life, even into college. And then I played baseball up until my uh, sophomore year in high school. And I was the catcher mm. the entire time. So, I mean, I'm bent down, standing, I'm bent down, standing. <laughs> so I wore my knees out. And I can actually run, but I enjoy running on the beach. And it, really? It doesn't hurt my okay. knees. And I, for some reason, I love the way the sand, mm. like, pushes you harder because it's harder to run through it so Mm -hmm. you it's not running on asphalt where you can just feel like your body is forward and pushing you have to stay in that sand and dredge through it and i just the beach so i don't go obviously every day but when the chances that i get i will go and do that and most of the running that i do now is more on the hit kind of gotcha i run and then walk and then run and walk especially Mm -hmm. at the beach i'll do that so i'll run for a minute and a half walk 30 seconds and then just kind of do that for 20 minutes or so and I would say that the Couch to 5K program mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. It was one that I've done several times, yeah. even after the marathon. It's <laughs> funny. Even though I never ran a 5K doing it, I would just go through the little the program. Really? Yeah, because okay. it, was, uh, it would tell you when to run, when yeah, to stop, yeah, when yeah. to run, mm-hmm. when to stop. So I just found that useful because I wouldn't have to look at a watch and yeah. go, how long I've been running. It just it prompts you in your earbuds. And so I've used that several times. And I found it was like, you know what? I, this is the first time I ever remember running and I never got sore, even mm. from the beginning. I hadn't run in a while. I used this program to get kind of back into it. And it really is a manageable program for anybody who wants to get into running. You think you can't do it, but you really can. Mm-hmm. And it's all about showing up. It's mm-hmm. just like the Christian life. That's showing up. You got to get up and you got to pray and you got to embrace the day and you got to take on whatever's in front of you. And running is pretty much the same way. You got to just start. Mm. And when you start, it's amazing where you can go. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like some of the best memories I've had have been with crossing the finish line with others and celebrating with them. And somebody I was training, like she started hitting PRs and she would just be like, this is amazing. And I'm like, I wasn't paying attention to her time. I just was like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Because again, it's that conversation. You're taking it off mm-hmm. your mind off of the pace and just having fun with it. So I love that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. I, so my second half marathon, I ran with, I told you, with my wife and I got worked with us. And that was an interesting one because we, we were in New Orleans and we met at the starting line, but I was trying to run with my wife, but she runs at a slower pace. She's, you know, her legs weren't as long and 
And what I found, which I never knew before, was when you try to run with someone who runs slower, it starts hurting your knees mm -hmm. a little bit because you're not fully engaging your stride. <laughs> and so, like, I'd run, I don't know how many miles it was with her, and I just finally told her, because she was really struggling through it, and I was like, I just got to go for a little bit, like at my pace, and then I'll slow back down and I'll wait on you. So I did that. We were getting toward, we were past halfway, I know that part. And then I ran up and stopped and started walking and we looked and she never came. And then I walked and then I stopped and she never came. And so then I, the guy that works with me came by and I was like, have you seen Brandy? And he's like, no, I hadn't seen her. I was like, that's so weird because she was that right back there. Well, anyway, I said, well, let's just run for a little while. Maybe she passed me. I just didn't realize it. So I ran with him all the way to the end of the race, but I didn't cross the finish line. And he went ahead and crossed it, and I sat there and waited, and she never came. So I started running the other direction. Yeah. I started running against everybody else. And it was probably the weirdest feeling because I had the number on, and obviously <laughs> in this race, and I was going the wrong way. And I eventually found her, and she had gotten sick. And oh. she ended up having to go into somebody's house that was right there. And lo and behold, we didn't find this out until later, but she didn't realize it, but she was pregnant. Wow. And she lost the baby at that point, or oh. the embryo or whatever you want to call mm. it. Because she didn't even know she was pregnant. Yeah. She didn't know what was happening there. So she mm. goes to the doctor later on and he goes, do you realize you're pregnant? And she goes, I'm not pregnant. Anyway, they determined that's probably what happened. Wow. Um, and so... Anyway, I walked with her the rest of the way, and she ended up finishing. She ended up running through the end of it. But I always look back on that and thought it was just such a weird experience, that whole thing there. And But there were some gracious people on the side who saw her, and they could just see the look of fear on her face. Mm -hmm. And she said, honey, are you okay? And she said, I'm not okay. And she said, can I go into your house and use your bathroom? And she said, I would never ask anybody that. That's yeah, how bad it was. Yeah. And that lady was like, absolutely, come on in here. Oh. And she went in there and she got to the point where she felt a little better and she started walking. And anyway, she finished the race too. But it just reminds me of my story, her story. Races always have those pitfalls mm. and mm. it's never easy, but you can finish in spite of that. That's good. Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. yeah. Life is that way. I think that's been one of the coolest things that I've learned from all the runners that I, I talk to and that I've gotten to sit down with because normally I ask, what are some lessons that you learned? And they'll say, well, just like in life. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, and I've been running for 10 years mm -hmm. and it was just recently that all of this has been put together. It was like a light bulb. And I was mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like there's so much that our running journey is a spiritual journey. And then, of course, with scripture talking about running and then mm -hmm. just the different conversations I've had, I'm just like, wow, that's just so incredible. And it's just it just makes running even more special in that way. For me. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not against running at all. I like the idea of running. <laughs> but I was also a swimmer. So, okay. And that's what I really loved doing. Okay. And I used to do the triathlons when you would do you would do just part of it. So okay. Like so a, relay. Yeah, like yeah, a relay okay. type team okay. and I would do the swimming part of it. I've done all those different types of things. I just I'm the type of person that never sticks with anything very really <laughs> long. Like I'll just do something for a while and then try something different. But I do say that running by far has more life lessons mm. and spiritual symbolism in so mm. much of it. And the reason the scripture does use running a race 
because again it's not a sprint it's a marathon mm. and there's ups and downs there's challenges you've got to beat your body like mm. Paul says into submission and that doesn't happen overnight and I think that's probably the best advice you can give somebody running and someone who's new to following Jesus is don't compare yourself to everybody else don't over dream just take it day to day mm. and just keep showing up and going through the grind and you'll eventually get where you want to be and where mm. you're going but it's just it's showing up every day my mom used to tell me this thing and I, it's always stuck with me I don't know where she I'm sure it's not original to her I'm sure she got it from somebody <laughs> but she always told me she said it's not special people in special places at special times that gets the job done it's everyday people in everyday places who have the guts to live for Jesus every day they mm. change the world and I always think about that because wow. it's so true. We think it's those special moments, mm -hmm. those special people, but ultimately God uses everyday people mm -hmm. in everyday places who just have the guts to be normal people and get out of the way. That's good. Oh, thank you, Jack. Yeah. Oh man, thank it's you been for good. Me. Absolutely. Like, it's the only running podcast I've ever been invited. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I told you guys, <laughs> this was such a great story. <laughs> Just thank you, Jack. It's incredible. The fact that Jack's like, you know, I've never done a 5K, never done a 10K, never even done a half. We're gonna do a full. Ah, that's great. I absolutely love that about Jack. And his sweet wife, Brandy, they're such an incredible couple. Absolutely love and adore them. And I just thank you again, Jack, for sharing your heart, to being vulnerable and sharing the hard stuff too, because that was hard and so I just thank you for that and the reminder of how important community is both in life and on the pavement and just so grateful for that and I am so grateful for the moments I've had with running where I've just needed to get out and and just have that one-on-one -on -one time but then I'm also so grateful because Community is everything and your people are, are, are there and we need one another. And so truly grateful for that and for what Jack shares. And guys, absolutely love it. Cheer each other on and remember that it's, well, it's great to celebrate the PRs. You never know how that person got there and what their story is as they're running next to you or walking next to you or crossing the finish line with you or having a hard time. You know, maybe they're that Jack. <laughs> Maybe they just pull something and they're in excruciating pain. And maybe they got devastating news. Or maybe they're celebrating a milestone. Whatever it is, your story matters. And you have a story that deserves to be heard. And so truly grateful for, again, Jack and just his heart for community and that he appreciates the running community. And wow, what a story. Just. That was incredible. Thank you, Jack, so much for that and the wisdom that you you shared and your heart. Absolutely fantastic. And again, huge shout out to Mars Hill for always allowing us to have a safe place to sit down and share our stories because it is scary sometimes sharing your story, no matter how great it is or how hard it is. It's still you're sharing your story. And so kudos to all of you. And I can't wait to hear more of your stories. Truly an honor and truly grateful for the opportunity to do that. You guys inspire, truly, truly inspire. And 
Thank you so much to Gilear Tech Services for keeping Reiner's story going. We literally could not do this without him. From the website to keeping us going through the podcast, just very, very grateful. So check him out if you wanna rebuild that website, if you wanna start up a website, Gilear Tech Services. You can find him on Instagram, social media, Facebook, all that jazz. He's also online on a website that he created, (laughs) which is fantastic. So guys, check him out as well. And become a Patreon supporter. We need your help. It takes money to keep this podcast going. And so we are very grateful for the Patreon supporters we have. We'd love you to come join along with us as well. And like us, share us, comment, do whatever, guys, on whatever podcast listener you listen to, but also on social media, because your stories deserve to be heard. They're beautiful stories. They're, they're truth. They are full of wisdom and can really make a difference in someone's life. And so the only way they can get a boost there is if you share it. And so that would be great because we want your stories to be heard. It's not about runner story. It's about your story because your story is what's being heard. And so you never know the impact you'll have. So guys, we just truly encourage that. And as always, just thank you guys so much for listening. It truly is an honor to share your stories and just thank you for what you're doing. And so now when we got there and run the pavement, we're just more connected with community. And so Jack's story becomes my story, becomes your story. So go out there, lace up those shoes, hit the pavement and run your story because every story needs to be heard.